You can also find us online. (laughs) (laughs) You can also find us online. Or you can also find us online. Okay, let's breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Okay. Do you like that? Do that again. Okay. Welcome to So Dead, a podcast where we have no problem making shit up, as long as the result is a good story. I'm Jen Carpenter. And I'm DNA Fairman. Happy True Crime Tuesday. And happy Taco Tuesday, girls and boys. Today, we're going to be talking about urban legends. An urban legend is basically a form of modern folklore, a story passed down over the years, told as fact, usually by someone who has an obscure connection to the person it happened to. Sometimes urban legends are based in truth. They just change and become more fictional and embellished as they are told over and over and over again. Well, thanks for that. Yeah, of course. School teacher Danny. Got lots of knowledge up there. Mrs. Fairman. So I have actually a really good example of how urban legends are born. It is a story that one of the guests on one of my tours told me when we were visiting the site of a local urban legend. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, I've kind of got this cool story for you. And I wish I could remember his name. Uh, They came on one of the fall tours last year in 2018. And... I remember his girlfriend had just broken her ankle, but she wanted to come. And she was such a trooper all night. And I remember this was so precious. It was a full moon. uh, And every time they could see the foo, foo, the foo, every time (laughs) they could see the foo, the full moon uh, fully, they would kiss. And it was so precious. Was it? It was. It was cute. Um, because they were a little bit older, and so it was just okay, really sweet. Okay, that does make it cute. Otherwise, that it's kind of it. like otherwise it's inappropriate. PDA goes in the making. No, it was it was sweet. <laughs> so he told me a story about how um, when he was younger, he had built a house, um, and he was in the process of building a garage, and he was doing a lot of the construction himself, and so he was spending, you know, day upon day shoveling dirt and excavating and, you know, just – and it was summer and it was hot. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said this one particular day he was moving dirt that had been excavated from the spot where they were building the garage uh, by wheelbarrow. He said so he was, you know, shirtless and filthy and dirty. I feel the dark cloud coming, but keep going. Dark cloud. I know this story is about to turn to shit, but let's hear it. It's really <laughs> funny. I think it's funny. I'm, so, I'm sure it is. It, I can just feel the heaviness. Okay. <laughs> so he's moving dirt. He's working. He's sweating. He's filthy. Um, and he kind of lived, he said, out in the country so that there was not No one ever had a need to be on his property Mm -hmm. unless they were coming to his house. Um, So he's out working and he's rounding a corner with a wheelbarrow. I can't, I cannot talk today. I don't know what it is. We're done podcasting. That's it, folks. That's it. End of it. Um, (laughs) He comes around the corner. He is shirtless. He's dirty. He's got a wheelbarrow full of dirt. And there are four or five teenage boys. He almost literally runs into them with his wheelbarrow full of dirt. And he says, um, they look at him and he's looking at them and he's like, what are you doing? And they were trying to cut from 
their houses to some park or something, but he said that didn't make any sense because uh, to get from point A to point B for them, he was kind of at point Z. And so it made no sense the route that they were taking sure. and why they were on his property. Mm-hmm. So he just looked at them and they looked at the wheel par- wheelbarrow and his eyes got real big and he goes, got to bury the body somewhere. Oh, stop. <laughs> And the kids, you know, took off. Well, I don't know whether they were planning to break into the house or what their plan was, but they took off. And he didn't think anything else about it. Um, it, it was just a small little blip on his right. radar of life. And many, many years later, his daughter was in school. I can't remember if he said she was in middle school or high school, but she was older. And She was uh, at school with some friends, and she had made a new friend, and this girl said, well, where do you live? And she's like, oh, I live in the gray house over on whatever the street name was. And the girl's eyes got real big, and she was like, what's the matter? And she goes, somebody told me that a murderer used to live there, and he used to bury the bodies in the yard. (laughs) With his wheelbarrow. With his wheelbarrow. Oh, my gosh. Um, So just this little offhand comment that he made to a group of boys that had no business being on his property That's turned into a story that got passed down like huh. over decades right. about how a murderer lived there and buried bodies in the yard. And so an urban legend was born. Yes. And that's, that's how they funny. start a yeah. lot of the times, I think. I just thought that that's was so funny. interesting. I think that's why I don't believe most of them. Yeah. I, I mean, there's some some truth in some of them, but yeah, I agree. In mid-Michigan, we have two big urban legends, the legend of Seven Gables and the legend of Blood Cemetery. Ooh, I'm pretty familiar with both of these. We've gone to both of them on our tours, um, so I'm excited to see what you did. Yeah, I did um, Seven Gables. So I am not like a believer of urban legends at all. So this was quite difficult for me, actually. Was it? It was, because obviously murders and stuff, those happen. So, you know, when we're researching them and reading about them, it happened. It's true. You're, you know, whether somebody fabricated maybe a little bit of the story, what you're reading is still facts. Like, true. we're reporting yeah. the facts. But we talk about the paranormal here and there, too. For sure. And I'm a super skeptic on that as well. That's true. You are. This is super skeptic for me, but it was fun because all stories are fun. Yes. Especially scary stories. These are good ones to tell around like a campfire. Yes. So I have a legend to share about the most haunted road in all of Michigan. It is Seven Gables in Dansville. Legend has it that way back in time, a witch lived in a stone house at the end of the road. A witch. A witch. One night, a group of bandits passing through town thought it'd be a good idea to burn the witch alive. They boarded up the doors and windows to the house and set it on fire. Oh, my. I know. Such a sad... Now, okay, so I've heard two versions of this, Mm -hmm. but I'm going with the most current one. Okay. Before she died, she cursed the land. She proclaimed that when a scream is heard in the forest, the last person to make it back over the gate would die within three days. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, oh my gosh, that's horrible. Horrible. I'm terrified. So she died in the house. The other one that I heard 
was that she lived through the house, but forgot about her curse and jumped the the gate and died years later. She like, <laughs> she like killed herself, she killed with, herself, her herself with her own curse. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. Could that's you another even one that imagine. I you know what that's called that's called karma. Right. You don't put curses and then forget about them. Right. Because they'll come back to get you. <laughs> Not a curse. <laughs> so, allegedly, many years later, a family built a house on the same land. And within a short time frame, the father went John List on his family. <laughs> and yes. he killed his wife and children. Oh, come on. Uh-huh. Isn't that terrible that I'm calling it a John List? He went John List on his family. Hey, yeah, yeah. Um, Would that be John Emil List? Uh huh. Oh, okay. John Emil, or as I still say it, Emil. <laughs> Most of Lansing is with me, by the way. Most of Lansing is wrong, but we are wrong. all wrong. It's all right. So he then hung himself, or he hung them after he killed them from the gables of the house before setting it on fire and burning it. So once again, another fire. Um, he then hung himself in a tree on the property near the house. I've read a few stories of people who claim to have known someone who walked the land and died in a car accident on the way home or some other freak accident, like, you know, a few days later. Um, people have heard screams and they've seen the ghosts of children. Um, so they claim. And then story also goes that if you walk far enough onto the property, you can still find the foundation of the house. I've seen it. Have you? I have. Okay. So I was going to say it wouldn't surprise me if at some point there was a house out there, there that was. burned down oh. because all of Dansville has burned down, burned down at <laughs> some point. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, that wouldn't surprise me. But um, so I've been. To Seven Gables. I know you've been there multiple times. Many, I've been many there times. one time. I'm not going to lie. It was super creepy. It was nighttime. Um, I didn't experience anything. There were some weirdo dudes there, but I didn't see a ghost. I didn't see a witch. Nothing of that nature. Um, I was there, though, right? You were there. So you saw a witch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. But I will also mention that I out. did not go past the gate. Oh, no, we're keeping that in. <laughs> so when you pull on, the whole road is a dirt road, correct? If I'm remembering yes. correctly. Okay. I don't, it's always late, and I've always got my back turned to the road because I'm talking to the crowd of people on the bus. But I, right. if I believe not the it's whole a dirt thing, road. most of it. So you come to the end, and it's like this wrought iron gate. So I'm just kind of prepping the scene for people. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of open, like, parking space in front of it. Yeah, it's a big kind of roundabout. Yeah, like a cul-de-sac that never came to fruition, (laughs) you know. But that property is now gaming land. Yep, it's a state gaming area. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Right there adds a creep factor. Why are you going to go and wander around some land where hunters are at? True. No thanks. Good point. But when, like, a lot of people know that this is a great spot for people to go necking or porking, however you want to call it. Porking. Porking. Oh, my goodness. You know from um, 
no, vacation I know what movies. It means. The I vacation sh- movies. He's going to pork her dad. <laughs> oh my That's my most favorite line of any movie. Move on. Um, anyway, <laughs> so that's a spot for that. There's always paranormal investigators there. Yep. Um, and then just gawkers, people that want to explore. And yep. so the Tour gate buses that, full of people. Right. <laughs> um, so the gate right there is the one that is referred to as if you are the last one to jump over it after you hear a scream, you will die within three days. And not to oversell or undersell. I just don't want anyone to be picturing this real cool, creepy gate. It's not. It's not. It looks like something that someone that lives like on a farm or a country road. It's like a red. It is raw iron, mm-hmm. but it's just like a red basic gate that's right. chained shut. So, right. And you can walk right around it. And it's the, a really dense area behind yeah. it. The purpose of it is not to keep people out. It's to keep vehicles out. They right. don't want you driving back there. So you can easily walk right around it. You just can't get any sort of motor vehicle back there. Right. This is not a, a call to arms to try either, please. Right. Yeah. I mean, I when I was picturing it in my head, it was not what I actually saw. It was um, like deflating. Yeah, a little bit. That's you know, why, like I was like, huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's why I felt the need to explain a little further. Yeah, but it's really dense. And really, I mean, other than the fact that it was nighttime and we were all telling ghost stories and true crime stories that night, there was nothing bizarro to me about it other than the fact that we were all there exploring. Oh, we've had some experiences. But I was going to say, you have had experiences. So this is... Where my story ends, but I want to ask, like, because I know you have some good stories. Yeah, I'll tell just a couple. Um, okay. I like the briefly. blood one. So, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, this is a stop on one of our tours, Seven Gables. So I've been there many times. And I mentioned in a previous episode when we were talking about Stimson Hospital, how that is one of my least favorite places to go. Mm-hmm. Seven Gables is the other. Okay. Um, I don't believe the urban legends. Obviously, they're they're pretty dramatic and you they're pretty far out there. You don't think a witch lived on the land? I don't think a witch lived in the land. There was a house back there mm-hmm. and it was creepy as fuck. I believe it was called the Whitney Farm. I'll okay. have to look that up, but I do have a picture of it, so we'll post that on the website okay, with the episode. I have seen that picture. Mm-hmm. It was a creepy ass looking house, mm-hmm. not a not a witch's cottage by any means, <laughs> right. um, but definitely had like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre feel. Sure, little bit because it was abandoned. A little bit, mm-hmm. uh-huh. um, and I have seen the foundation from that house and some of its outbuildings. Um, so yes, there there have been properties out there. There's nothing now um, except coyotes. We've been stalked by coyotes out on the trail. No. Uh, One time we were out there and I was, had my back turned to everyone and I was leaned up against the gate, right? The gate that you jump over. And Mm -hmm. I was telling them the legend of Seven Gables and getting ready to let them go explore. And we had a younger girl with us that night. We don't usually have, usually if there are young people on the tour, they belong to people I know. So Mm -hmm. a friend that... I understand that they understand the nature of the tour mm-hmm. and they're still comfortable with bringing their younger child. And, and I don't mean young kids. She was 13, 14. Um, but as I'm talking, she leaned back or she raised her hand as I'm leaned back on the gate. And I was like, yes, honey, what? She goes, why is there blood all over the gate? No. And sure as shit, the gate and the ground around it were covered with blood. Um, now, it's gaming area, 
So we immediately jumped to the conclusion that someone shot an animal mm. and either the animal jumped over the gate or they dragged it over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, you know, we're not, we're not forensic analysts. We didn't analyze the blood. So no. we don't know what you caused it. You didn't send it. it to like 23andMe? No, we did not call CSI. <laughs> 23andMe, let me just grab a vial from my car, <laughs> scoop some of this up and have it tested. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're hopeful that it was animal blood. Um, right. That makes the most sense. We don't know. But still, super creepy. And then I have a picture, and we'll we'll have to post this on the website, too. It was one of the last tours that we did um, in 2018, Might have been the last. I'm not real sure, but one of the last for sure towards the end of the season. I remember being super exhausted. That's how I know. Um, (laughs) And I don't cross the gate anymore. I've done it a couple of times. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm very clumsy and this is the woods. And so I don't feel Mm -hmm. the need to try to kill myself. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't go back there. I stay. And two, then that gives people that really aren't comfortable with crossing the gate the Mm -hmm. opportunity to not do it um, because I'm staying. So they'll stay with me. Um, And so I was standing on the the front side of the gate. So I hadn't crossed it. Our group Mm -hmm. of people had. And I just tried to take a picture of all of them. Uh, walking away from me in the woods with their flashlights, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I gave them like 20 minutes, a half hour. So that's a long time to be standing sure. at the edge of the woods with mm-hmm. nothing to do. So I'm kind of flipping through the pictures. And this one picture I took of them, you can clearly see them. You can see, you know, they're all about the mm-hmm. same height. They've all got their backs to me. And then there's this figure that is much shorter and it's facing me. And Aye. to me, it looks like um, like a child in uh. like an old, tiny, like dress type thing. I don't know. It was real creepy to me. So we'll post that on the website and oh, you guys I can tell see us that what picture. you think. I haven't seen that. I'll show it to you. Why do they always got to be wearing old timey clothes? Like can't right. the kids that died like more recently? Could be. But yeah, no, this was definitely something that looked pretty old-timey. So those are just a couple of my Seven Gables stories. But um, again, I don't believe the urban legends, Mm -hmm. but I do believe there's something to Seven Gables. It makes me very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, I get sick a lot of the time after I've been there. I'll get a headache. Um, Just not a place I like to go. But we do it for the entertainment. I do Uh. it for the people. Well, it's sad if it's any of it's true. Yeah. I mean, that poor witch. I don't think the witch thing's true. (laughs) Well, who knows what happened out there? I have had... um, It was probably just some lady, like a cat lady, but she was a real bitch. (laughs) And so they called her a witch. Maybe. Or they, you know, the word bitch just transformed into witch. Maybe. I've had um, a couple of psychics um, say that it's whatever's out there is very old mm. and very of the earth. And so it's not anything from like modern times. What does that mean? Mm, like kind of native spirits. Oh, wood, okay. Woodsy, earthy animal spirit type okay. stuff. So who knows? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So what's your what's your urban legend? So yeah, that's, that's Seven Gables. That's one of the big ones we've got here in the mid-Michigan area. Uh, the other big one that we've got in Mid Michigan is the legend of Blood Cemetery in Lansing. Okay, Lansburg. I know 
very little to nothing about this. So I'm excited about this story. Let me tell you. Uh, Blood Cemetery is actually a real place, despite its completely fake-sounding name. It is located in Langsburg, which is a small town about Mm -hmm. 20 miles northeast of Lansing. The cemetery is named after the Blood family, who were some of the founding members of Victor Township, which is basically just a little community within Langsburg. Right. Um, Blood Cemetery is just a modest little plot of land surrounded by chain-link fence, with wrought iron gates and headstones dating back to the mid-1800s. So cool. It is, it's cool and disappointing. Like, the gates are cool. Mm -hmm. The fencing is not cool. It kind of like Seven Gables, you know, the way people talk about it and the way people build it up once you see it, it's kind Mm -hmm. of underwhelming a little. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are some really cool headstones out there. Um, Is it well-maintained or no? Yes and no. Okay. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about that a little Ooh, bit. All right. So it started out as a private cemetery attached to the Blood family home, which was appropriately. Did I say I can't there talk it is today? Again. Appropriately called Blood House. Blood, Blood House, House. Blood Cemetery. But That's the cemetery <laughs> is actually now owned by the township, and you can buy plots there still to this day. Oh. Um, and people do. There are a couple newer ones off on the far end of the cemetery. That's not where I want to end up, just an FYI. Well, why would why would you wind up out in Langsburg? Well, I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> so there are no <laughs> signs at Blood Cemetery. You know, there's no big no? Blood Cemetery. No, there are none. Like and there's is- no way to distinguish that you are there at Blood Cemetery? No, you just have to know where you're going. Does it come up on, like, Google Maps? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's an oh, okay. to it. We'll give that later on. All right, good, good. <laughs> um, so that's a little disappointing because, you know, I mean, how creepy would that be? Right. Uh, there did used to be a sign, and it was probably every bit as ominous looking as you would imagine. The problem was it kept getting stolen. Mm-hmm. Um In 1962, the four-foot-by-six-foot wooden sign went missing, only to reappear days later on top of East Lansing High School. Stop it. <laughs> so a bunch of high schoolers stole it and put it on top of the high school. I don't um, want to say that's funny, but it's funny. It is funny because it gets it funnier. Okay. Um, it had been spruced up and repainted in black and silver. <laughs> the custodians took it down, contacted the police, contacted the cemetery. What, what are those? Cemetery officials? Township oh, officials? Oh, I know what they are. I can't think of the name, but yeah, they do have a name. Um, But the cemetery liked the new paint job so much that they didn't press charges. They just took the sign and kept it with the black and silver. Thanks for the upgrade. Hey, this is pretty. Just get it down off your high school and let us take (laughs) it back to the cemetery. That's hilarious. Uh, Most of the stories connected to Blood Cemetery are not funny, though. Legend has it that the last members of the Blood family to live in Blood House were Dr. Blood and his wife, Mrs. Blood. One day, Dr. Blood went mad and shot his wife with a shotgun and then used an axe to hack her to pieces. He then buried her body in the family cemetery, which, I mean, how convenient to have a cemetery in your yard if you're a murderer. Right. Like, he kind of pulled a John List also. Well, kind of. Jeez, oh, um, these men. And then he hung himself in a nearby tree that is known as the Crooked Tree. <laughs> Following this horrible <laughs> act, rumors began that both Blood Cemetery and the abandoned Blood House were haunted. 
and the location became a popular draw for local teenagers looking to scare each other. It was said that Mrs. Blood's headless corpse was often seen roaming the cemetery late at night, and that if you climbed into the crooked tree, Dr. Blood would push you right out, possibly to your death. Hmm. The legend goes further to say that one Halloween many years later during a full moon, no less, uh, a group of teenagers visited the cemetery in the middle of the night. After creeping among headstones of the Blood family for a while, one of the boys was dared to go into Blood House by his friends. He wanted to impress the girls that were there, so he reluctantly agreed. He disappeared inside Blood House, and he was never seen alive again. The longer his friends waited for him to return, the more frantic they became. They were worried that something awful had happened, uh, but they weren't worried enough to actually go into the house themselves no, to look for him. No, they were scared as fuck. <laughs> so they left the cemetery, <laughs> and they went straight to the police station. The officer they spoke to scolded them for trespassing at the cemetery and warned them that old Mr. Blood, who was dead, by the way, uh, did not like trespassers. <laughs> so... The officer and the teenagers arrived back at the cemetery, and when they got there, Blood House was engulfed in flames. Aye. The fire department was called, but the fire was burning so hot that they just had to let it burn itself out. That sounds fake to me. It but... was burning so hot, like fire? Yes. <laughs> the fire was burning too fiery for the firefighters to fight the fire. Okay. Uh-huh. Which, that again, that sounds pretty fake to me. Right. But who am I to argue with an urban legend? Yep, exactly. Uh, Once the fire was out and the smoke cleared, officials found a most gruesome sight. The charred body of a teenage boy bound by his hands and feet. Near his remains were an old shotgun and a bloody axe, the same weapons that had been used to kill Mrs. Blood. Officials also found that the bodies of Dr. and Mrs. Blood had been unearthed. The lid had been removed from Mrs. Blood's coffin, and inside was her headless, limbless torso. No. Dr. Blood's corpse was nowhere to be found, and to this day, no one knows what happened to him. Stop. From then on, the legend of Blood Cemetery included the caveat that the ghost of Dr. Blood would kill anyone who ventured into the cemetery on Halloween night or during a full moon. And they say that in the 1970s, he did exactly that. It's said that one Halloween night, a car full of teenagers ventured out to the cemetery to hunt for the ghost of Dr. Blood. Something they saw spooked them, and they fled the cemetery. But that thing that scared them followed them, and continued to follow them down the dark country roads no matter how fast they drove. Hmm. Eventually, the car ran a stop sign and collided with a tanker truck. All of the passengers died except for one. As the first responders arrived and were attempting to free the survivor from the car, he kept repeating over and over, don't let it get me, don't let it get me. Sounds like a bunch of malarkey, doesn't it? Yeah. Have you looked up to see if any, like, there's news articles on this accident? I've got, you just. I know, I'm jumping ahead, We're going to get there. (laughs) Um, So it sounds like a bunch of nonsense. And that's what I thought also. Uh, But when I was doing research for my book, Haunted Lansing, Mm -hmm. um, I knew I had to include Blood Cemetery. 
because so many people ask about it, talk about it. We even tried to build a tour around it one time. Um, but the cemetery hours are daytime only, and people don't want to do haunted yeah, tours during the day. they don't want Dr. Blood to get you. Right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I included it because out of necessity, out of the feeling that I needed to. Um, but it actually became one of my favorite stories because hmm. the truths um, that were hiding within those urban legends were just really, really strange. Oh, I'm excited. So the Blood family, Blood House, Blood Cemetery, all real. Okay. And there was a Dr. Blood who was involved in a horrific incident that included a tree, body dismemberment, and a disappearance. Good. Tell me. Dr. Richard Blood was a chiropractor in Victor Township. Richard Blood? Richard Blood. Okay, go on. He was a chiropractor in Victor Township (laughs) in the 1960s and 70s. One day, he was in a tree on the blood property, lost his balance, and severed his own leg with a chainsaw that Ah. he was using to cut down limbs. Nope. Shortly after, he disappeared from the area, but not in a paranormal way. He just moved to Arkansas to live (laughs) out his days with one leg where he sued (laughs) Sears Roebuck Company for $2 million, accusing them of negligent design of a chainsaw. Apparently, chainsaws are supposed to be able to cut through trees, but But not not. human legs. Got it. I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't find anything on whether he won or not. Um, It's like my coffee's too hot. (laughs) So you've got a doctor blood, the crooked tree, dismembered limbs uh-huh. and a disappearance right and so that is where the legend of that piece of blood cemetery actually came from mm-hmm. much less exciting super less exciting still gross though uh-huh Ugh. uh the story about the teenager being burned to death inside Bloodhouse is completely untrue but <laughs> a tragic real life event did inspire the last part of the blood cemetery legend Aww. In the early morning hours of October 18, 1988, a car full of teenage boys from the Lansing area drove out to Blood Cemetery to go ghost hunting. Their experience at the cemetery spooked them so much that when they were driving away from the cemetery and saw headlights in the rearview mirror, they became terrified that something was following them. Hmm. They took off in their 1980 Oldsmobile Cutlass, ran a stop sign, and collided with a tanker truck. Four of the five boys were thrown from the car and killed instantly. Oh, that's so sad. Those killed were 17-year-old Jason Hanley, 17-year-old Leland Knowles, 19-year-old James Norman Jr., and 15-year-old Daniel Wheeler. Hmm. Only 17-year-old Craig McFarland survived, and all he remembered about the accident was that they were trying to get away from someone or something that was following them. So that last piece was true, which is so sad. That's so sad. Um, So while the urban legend of Blood Cemetery is mostly false, it's based on a true story, Mm -hmm. but it's not true at all. Right. Um, There might be something to the idea of a curse of the land. Um, Right. Some bad shit has happened there. And to trace back the origin of the curse, we go way, way, way back to the cursed children of Reverend Blood. Reverend Reverend Daniel Blood. Okay. Settled in Langsburg in the early 1800s. He founded Blood Church, built Blood School, 
and lived in Blood House with his wife, Susan. Huh. It was just a bloody good time for everybody. <laughs> it's a bloody good time. <laughs> On March 1st, 1842, <laughs> Reverend and Mrs. Blood welcomed a daughter named Amelia. She lived for just three days, Aww. but her short life seemed to set in motion a tragic chain of events for the family, leading many to believe that they'd been cursed. Over the next several years, three of Amelia's siblings followed her in death, all in the month of March the same month that Amelia died. Oh, my gosh. In March 1847, 10-year-old Addie and 12-year-old Samuel died just 10 days apart. Oh. Almost 10 years to the day after Samuel's death, 5-year-old Elvira died in March 1857. Oh, my God. So four young blood children were buried in the family cemetery in the month of March, and three of them... I don't know why this creeps me out so much, but it does. Mm -hmm. Three of them were little girls with names that started with the letter A. That's weird, right? It is a little weird. Like, I don't know. It just is a strange coincidence. Oh, that's so sad. They would not be the last to succumb to the blood curse. Oh. Reverend Blood himself died in March, on March 2nd, 1883. So if there really is a blood curse, it seems to have started with the death of Amelia Blood in 1842. Hmm. So Blood Cemetery, um, it's a public cemetery. It's located at 9110 East Jason Road in Langsburg. Mm -hmm. Wow. Langsburg. Have you ever been oh to Langsburg? We're going to create our own <laughs> dictionary. The So Dead Dictionary. <laughs> There's similar oh, meanings God. to what the real word would be. Langsburg. Um, so you can visit the cemetery yourself. <laughs> you can see the crooked tree. You can find the graves of Reverend Blood and the Cursed Blood children. But I do have a warning for you. Uh, the cemetery is only open from dawn until dusk, and those mm -hmm. hours are strictly enforced. Mm -hmm. So do not go to Blood Cemetery at night. Right. Not because Dr. Blood will kill you or whatever the hell. Uh, but because the neighbors will see you, and they will call the cops. And that's the legend Good of Blood them. Cemetery. Protect their land. Yeah. So it was, I'm, did I miss it? Is Reverend Blood related to Dr. Blood? I think all of the blood, there are still relatives of the Blood family in the oh, area. Oh, really? So I think that, I think they're all that's related. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a good story. Yeah. it Like I said, it turned out to be kind of one of my favorite for the books because I wasn't expecting to find anything to validate any of. Right. There's a little bit of like fabricated truth. Mm -hmm. but And most of the time, you know, the story that people tell about Blood Cemetery is the one that you find when you do your Google search, which is just the simple, the oh, Dr. Blood. Silly legends, that, you know? right. So it was really cool to find some real stuff to attach to That's that. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for making us part of your day. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at so Dead Podcast. You can also find us online at SoDeadPodcast.com and email us your feedback and story ideas to SoDeadPodcast at gmail.com. Now get out there and shine. You magnificent what the fucks. <laughs> <laughs>